Warning, the following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, Primers, into this issue 65 of the DC Primetime Podcast from the Next Level Showcast here on the Next Level Podcast Network. I am Ben Beck. And from the Caffeine Crew cast of pods, I am Rob Martin. And it's kind of a sad issue this week. I mean, we're going to, we were, talked last week that, uh, you know, we were going to do one of two shows this week. We were going to do either the back half of Gotham or we were talking, going to talk about two. Uh, other films, one Batman and Bill, a documentary through Hulu, and of course the return of the Cape Crusaders. Uh, but we got some news this week that was kind of a bummer, and we figured it pretty much helped make the decision for us which way we were going to go with this podcast. Um, the unfortunate news is that today, uh, we're recording on Sunday. You'll be hearing this on Monday the 12th. Uh, so you, of course, have heard the news by now if you're a DC fan, but the world has lost uh the f- at least the first batman that i remember uh in adam west um uh adam west has passed away at the age of 88 years old and it's uh something i think we all expected to happen in time but it still hits you pretty hard he's been part of pop culture for as longer than we've been around yeah by by many 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 years um yeah when i heard this it was it kind of struck me like, you know, it was one of those things I just didn't think about that, that I knew this was coming soon. I mean, like we're, we're unfortunately we're at the age now where a lot of our childhood stars and idols are unfortunately at that age. I mean, I know, I think a lot of people were thinking, you know, this sadly was going to be coming soon. Cause I know a lot of people mentioned even the last couple of times that he's done some public things that, you know, Adam's health was uh, not doing too well. So it's a really shame to hear that he did pass. But you're right, though. This was a good reasoning for why we wanted to make sure we talked about, you know, Return to the Cape Crusaders. I mean, it's kind of funny. We talked about it last week. And uh, when that happened, it was like, you know, this is the right thing to do is definitely talk about this this week. Because, I mean, this is kind of the person that caused Batman needed to really begin. It, it made this character such a big part of the cultural limelight for so long and has kept him part of it. I mean, he was the real big push in the States for him becoming something so special. I mean, obviously, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later, too, when we talk about Batman and Bill. Um, but, yeah, Adam West's contribution to this character is one of the most most well-remembered versions of the character outside of, obviously, the films. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, you know, he he kind of took the role. They did something completely with it, completely changed what we thought of Batman. But it was a way that made everybody know exactly who this character was and love him for so, so long. I mean, like, the show ran from only three years, but it's still talked about so heavily to this day. Um, I mean, it was 1966 to 1968, so. Three seasons, I think. Yeah. But in three seasons, uh, 
I mean, you're talking times back in the 60s when a season wasn't 22 episodes like we know now. You're talking like 30 to 40 episodes. So yeah. it only ran for three seasons, but I think they got 120 episodes, I think I remember reading, uh, of the original Batman. And, um, I mean, there are still episodes to this day that I haven't seen in years, but I still remember. And, you know, even going back to the, the film, you know, the 1966 Batman film, uh, I still love to this day with him and Burt Ward. And we'll talk about it a little bit later when we get in the return of the Cape Crusaders. But man, if you have not seen that movie and you were a fan of the original Batman, you need to watch it. Yeah. Because it's so reminiscent of the original television show in such a campy and cheesy way. And it's, it's brilliant. But, um, you know, obviously going back to Adam West, he died. He, um, Apparently, his rep had said that he had a short battle with leukemia with I don't know how many people if we ever really knew he was sick. Yeah, um, I think they kept I think that was very, very quiet. Um, I mean, and he even stated, you know, this was a, a, a very brief battle. I mean, it's so unfortunately when you're, you know, in your 80s or 90s, I mean, things like that, it, you know, you already have a weakened immune system. So it's very sad that. Um, nobody really knew and, you know, had a chance to maybe see him at a show or a convention. But, I mean, like, you know, Adam was one of those people, though, too. Like, I've seen him so many times at random shows just there. Never had the opportunity to speak with him. But, man, he loved going to those conventions. He absolutely did. did. Like, and he was always so thrilled to talk to any single fan. I mean, everybody always says one of the most nicest guys out there in the world. And, I mean, and so self-deprecating, too. I mean, you even see him. And watch him make fun of himself so many times on shows like Family Guy doing uh, the Mayor West role. Yeah. Um, I mean, but just an incredibly amazing guy and, and such a just, you know, wonderful part of the Batman mythos that we all celebrate. So. Yeah. It makes me think, too, um, you know, you had mentioned that he was such uh, an icon in, in pop culture. You know, he's always out at these conventions. I mean, still to this day, uh, one of my favorite Adam West as Batman lines that I still quote probably at least once or twice a month. Uh, I'll just walk past people's desks at work and I'll say it and I'll just walk past and I'm like, some days you just can't get rid of a bomb, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from the film. And it's so classic. And to the point where I, I haven't had an opportunity to see him at cons as many chances as you have. And the one chance I had, uh, I ended up not being able to make it to that convention. So I unfortunately have never seen him in a con, but I knew the one time I was looking forward to actually going and meeting him, I wanted to take like a kickball and spray paint it black and put a little topper on it with a wick um, and take it to him and have him sign it, you know, almost <laughs> like a bomb. And I was going to put that on a, on a display in my, in my home, but I never got the chance to do it. Um, uh, but I mean, it, 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 a question that I posed to you, and of course I pose it to the listeners anytime I pose a question to you too, uh, you know, sort of related to Adam West passing, you know, something you said that, we kind of expected, but you it's in the back of your head. You don't really think about it until it happens. Uh, and then it hits you kind of hard when it actually does. Uh, I was devastated when the world lost Robin Williams a couple years back. And uh, I know um, uh, Alan Rickman was another one that hit people kind of hard because of the things that he's done. And now Adam West looking forward to the future. Of course, these are people that we don't want to lose, but uh, who on the forefront, do you think would probably be another big loss to you compared, you know, with things that you know from pop culture? 
I, you know what? And the one that scares me the most, and you know when this kind of feel it's coming, is uh, Bill Shatner. I, I have a feeling that's not far out too. Yeah, and I hate to say that. I really hate to say that. When Adam passed, I was like, man, like, it made me immediately think about that one too. And I'm like, oh. It's it's funny because I did too. That's one of the first ones that immediately came to my head was uh was William Shatner. Um, Betty White's another one that I think the world will be devastated over, uh, which we know is one that's coming soon. But I know one that's in that sticks out in my head that I will, I, I don't, nothing will ever devastate me as much as Robin Williams did. Um, but I know one that will probably really make me sad is John Cleese. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I love that man's work. I'm a huge Monty Python fan and Eric Idle, Eric Idle the same way. I, I put them on equal levels. Um, you know, whenever, and they're both getting up there in age too. So, I mean, it kind of sucks that we're at that point that we're going to start losing more and more pop cultures as time, pop culture icons to us as time goes on. And, you know, Adam West was an, another one on that list. Yeah. It's, yeah, like I said, very sad. And I, I hate for the fact that we had a conversation to feel morbid to people, but it's unfortunately, it's just the, uh, it, it's the sad truth of the ages most of us are at and where the ages of these icons that we, we care about and love so much. So, but I, I mean, again, you know, I, I'm really kind of, it was odd that we, we, we planned, uh, Return of the Geek Crusaders and, and with that news, um, so, yeah, it was still kind of like I'm in that shock point that, like, you know, we were talking about doing this already. And then this this happens. So but I mean, yeah, I mean, I hope that our review is kind of a nice way to kind of honor the guy because, I mean, he was my first Batman as well. I remember being uh, a little kid and being like four years old, going to my grandmother's house and sitting on the floor in front of her TV. Uh, and it was one of those like huge old monstrosities of a TV. It's small picture. Had this massive frame around uh-huh. it, like, you know, those huge ones that kind of looked like they were, you know, built into like, an, like an end table almost, you know. Um, but I, I love sitting down and watching, you know, Batman. It was every afternoon. Like I, I sat down and watched. It was, I think it was like Transformers, GI Joe, followed up by I think Gilligan's Island and Batman. I mean, like that was my afternoon every day as a kid, and Batman was on for an hour. And I always remember too that that moment that that opening credits started, and you know, like. Just getting excited, hearing the theme song, it always just made me so incredibly happy. And even more so happy when you saw, like, Batgirl's bike swing by and you're like, oh, my God, Yvonne Craig's going to be in this one, too. You know, all these things. <laughs> yeah. Um, but all these little things, though, it was it's, it was such a massive, massive part of my childhood. So it was uh, very, very sad to hear this week. But like I said, I, I'm really looking forward to getting to, ready to talk about Return to Kid Crusaders. Yeah. Um I know one of our uh, somebody had mentioned it on Facebook, and I apologize for not crediting the person just because I think it. Um, I should have known. I should have looked up who it was before I mentioned it. But they were wondering if if Family Guy was going to do some kind of a tribute, and I'm sure they will in time. Uh, you're not going to see anything right away. First off, because the uh, um, it was Kevin Kevin Bush uh, had mentioned it. Um, First off, because the season is already over for Family Guy, so you're probably not going to see anything uh, as far as the episodes go. They'll probably address it in time, obviously, because Adam West can't do the voice of uh, the mayor anymore. Um, but I, we've spoken with the, sh- the showrunner of Family Guy, uh, you know, months back, and uh, the amount of time it takes to put a season together for Family Guy, uh, by the time it filtered into an episode, you're talking probably about a year after his death. So, um, you might see something in maybe like the first episode when Family Guy comes back. You might see after, like, during the credits, you know, 
uh, in memory of Adam West, but I don't think you're going to see anything done with the character until later. Uh, right. So, um, but yeah, sad news uh, in the world of DC and superheroes and, of course, in entertainment. Uh, Adam West passed away at the age of 88. Yeah. I mean, you can even tell, like, the impact. I, I just kind of even realized, like, you and me both have a very somber tone about this. Um, and yeah, it is. This is, like I said, very, very sad. But uh, um, very fitting that this week uh, we're really talking about the legacy of Batman as a character. I mean, this is not something we've really done. I think the most we've ever really touched into this in the past was when we did the documentary last year of uh, Bat Kid Begins. Uh, and where this one is kind of, again, straight up celebrating the history of the character as a whole between the Batman and Bill documentary and one of the things that made Batman such an icon. So uh, getting getting its much needed dues and kind of a beautiful way for us to listen to the voices of Adam West and Burt Ward uh, as these characters one final time. Yeah, um, I wanted to read um, something real quick before we we moved on. Um, I'm trying to find the full article of it. Um, there were a couple really nice tweets uh, that were put out from the actors who have played Batman uh, recently and and since then um and i'm trying to find all of them then right now i can only find the ben affleck and val kilmer ones but i know kevin conroy paid a nice tribute uh will arnett even played paid a nice tribute as well um and like i said i can only find the the ben affleck and val kilmer ones, so i'll read those um uh yeah if you find the article just post it up on the facebook yeah i will get a chance for people to Take a look-see. But Val Kilmer tweeted out after uh, Adam's death, Ah, dear Adam West, he was always so kind when we met, a real gent. Once once when I was a kid, we found ourselves in front of the Batmobile, and I got in. Uh, And then Ben Affleck tweeted afterwards, too, Adam West exemplified heroism, kind, funny, and an all-around great guy. Thank you for showing us all how it's done. So, really nice tributes from... Uh, members of Hollywood and of course the people that have played Batman since him mm-hmm. as well. Absolutely. So, uh, all right, let's, let's move past obviously, um, and talk a little bit about, uh, uh, we'll start with the documentary first because, uh, it's a, it's about documentary. You've been talking about this for a couple weeks now and I, I've seen it on Hulu and I've had an opportunity to finally watch it. I, I, I don't, I've been wanting to watch it since I did see it. Uh, it's called Batman and Bill. Uh, and it premiered on Hulu back in May, May 6th of this year, 2017. Uh, and it explores the creation of Batman and how Bob Kane was accepted as the sole creator. Uh, but Bob Finger, not Bob, uh, Bill Finger was never credited for his work, uh, despite him creating the, you know, pretty much the, the story of Batman and including the look of Batman. Um, first things first, I have to say because of this documentary, I don't know if this was the um this so i don't know if this was the purpose of this documentary but i lost a lot of respect for bob kane yeah i i walked away from this walked away from this documentary with the first thought of like i'm really really happy that bill's finally getting the credit he deserves i mean i've known about this for several years actually um the first time i was introduced to mark nobleman who is the person that actually did the detective work on all this and who is the focal point of this documentary. Um, there was an episode of uh, Fat Man on Batman from yeah. Kevin Smith's podcast years ago. It was episode 53. So this is going back like two years back uh, where Mark was on 
and this was the first time I ever heard the name Bill Finger. Um, like yeah, that shows that you're, you're talking like 73 years after the creation of this character is the first time anybody heard the name of the man that was responsible for the majority of what we know of Batman, the, the costume he create, he helped create Robin Catwoman, you know, I think penguin Riddler, joker joker Com- i mean uh, commissioner like, gordon gordon uh the, he, he was the first to name the bat cave the batmobile everything that we know about batman is all because of this man bill finger um and the fact that his story is finally being told was something so amazing and wonderful and i have to give so much credit to to mark nobleman for really just putting his life into making sure this man got the credit he deserved. I mean, he wrote a book a couple of years ago um, that was called Bill the Boy Wonder, the Secret Co-Creator of Batman, which is what the documentary is focusing on. Um, but all of the work that he did is actually the reason that it, when you watch anything, and you can even see it if you did watch Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders this week, um, in that credits, Bob Kane with Bill Finger is far is is still how it's listed now. And can I tell uh, you too? I, I that was what I looked for in the beginning of Return of the Cape Crusader because I watched Return of the Cape Crusader second, and I looked for that uh, in the credits after watching Batman and Bill. And I, I think the documentary did its job with me because when I saw that credit, I smiled. Yeah. Um, and I was happy to see that credit in. Enlisted in, in, in the in the beginning of the movie, yeah. And now it kind of feels like Batman created by Bill Finger with Bob Kane. It feels like more appropriate after you watch this documentary. Um, but yeah, I think the first time we ever saw that credit appear was actually in season two of Gotham, um, and then shortly after that in Batman versus Superman. So I know that was a really big deal. They even show that that moment with uh, Mark Nobleman in the theater going to see BBS. Uh, and they focus on that quick moment with him watching and getting to finally see Bill Finger's name on a big screen. Yeah. Um, and it's actually kind of funny, too, because you know what? First time he actually ever got a credit for working on anything Batman actually ties back to Adam West was uh, writing uh, an episode of Batman 66. So um, everything kind of comes full circle in this episode. Yeah. And it's um, again, like I walked out. I walked out like I saw it in theaters. I walked away from this documentary losing a lot of respect for Bob Kane. Um, and I, I mean, again, like, I don't want to say uh, I never really paid attention. Like, I knew who Bob Kane was and I knew he was titled as, you know, credited as the creator of Batman. Um, but I never really looked at that. Like, I never concentrated on, like, the creator of Batman when I was younger. I I just knew Batman existed, and that's all that mattered to me. But the Mm -hmm. older I got, and I realized, you know, the people who created all these characters that I love and things like that, um, I'm glad I'm watching this now uh, at the age that I am. Because the documentary opens with him addressing a bunch of kids. Mm -hmm. And I'm immediately thinking to myself, I'm like, these kids don't understand half of what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're not old enough to realize all of this uh, and what's going into this. And then and I think back to when I was a kid watching, like I wouldn't have known or even cared about any of this when I was those kids age. You know, Batman existed and that's all that mattered to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, but now that I'm older and I see everything and again, like, you know, losing the respect that I did for Bob Kane, like there's a point in the documentary where, you know, he does come out and he does say that Bill Finger deserves, you know, 50, if not 75% of the credit for the creation of Batman. But this was after his death. 
Yeah, and especially, you know, like one of the, I think the most heartbreaking things about this documentary is the death of Bill Finger. Uh, this man died that, alone. Like, Died alone in an apartment with the TV on, curled up on a couch, and uh, one of his friends that lived in his apartment building coming to check on him, and he even said there was eviction notices on his door, all these things, and it's it was a very sad ending for somebody that is so special, um, and it's, you really wish that, you know, Bob Kane, while he was still alive, would have done something about this before a moment like that would have happened, because they even mentioned them still getting together and talking here and there. And it was just because it sounded like Bill was just this very humble guy. He was not this person that really st- stood up for himself too much, but a man of so many amazing ideas. And it shows, like, all the work that he put into it, why this character still matters 75 years later. Yeah. Yeah, so, exactly. Man, um, this is going to be a very somber episode until we get to Return of the Cape Crusade. I know. <laughs> I'm, glad, I know. I'm glad we're getting this one out of the way after the sad news, and then we can kind of start moving a little bit more into a positive and a little bit of a celebratory of Adam West in, in, in that film. But holy crap, man, this is a depressing episode. Yeah, apolo- <laughs> apologies for that to everybody listening. But, um, you know, yeah, like, but I was very happy by the end of this documentary to um, – you know, to see that he finally got the credit that he deserved because I, I was very unfamiliar with this story. Uh, I was unfamiliar with the backstory behind Bill Finger. I, I, I'll be honest with you before even watching this, I never even noticed that the credits had changed in Batman BVS and in Gotham, uh, you know, to Bob, uh, Bob Kane with Bill Finger, uh, because I, I didn't know who Bill Finger was. Um, in my mind, up until watching this documentary, Batman was Bob Kane. Uh, so I, I, that was one of the reasons why I like watching. This is one of the reasons why I love watching documentaries too, because they can totally change your perspective on anything, uh, if done right. And, you know, you talk about, um, you know, uh, Mark Nobleman being the one to put all the research into this and, uh, kudos to him, man, because this was a ye- years of a journey. Uh, I oh, mean, yeah. they even show at one point, you know, like him asking his daughter, uh, who built, uh, you know, about his job and his daughter's maybe like what, four at the time. Yeah. And then I late, mean, and then when he finally, when Bill Finger finally gets credit for Batman, his daughter's 11, 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Like that's a hell of a long journey yeah. for one man who you've never met. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that, that takes a lot of dedication and I was really pleased to see, uh, a lot of people that I'm familiar with in here too, like Todd McFarlane, Kevin Smith, um, you know, obviously, um, Michael Uslan, uh, who has been you know, a man behind the majority of the films for Batman. Like he's been a producer for almost everyone since 80, you know, 89. Yeah. Uh, but like, and then there were some other names that obviously, uh, people that listen to this show, um, and watch things like Flash and Gotham and all the rest of the Arrowverse stuff. Like, there's two names that and that actually do appear in this documentary that just made me smile to see them, which is Carmine Infantino and Jerry Robinson. So, you know, Carmine Infantino is responsible for things like The Flash and then Jerry Robinson, who helped create the Joker with, with Bill. Um, seeing them talk about their friend uh, was something really special. Yeah, yeah. Um so, I mean, it's definitely something that I, I highly recommend this to anybody who's a Batman fan. Uh, you know, whether you know who Bob Kane is, whether you know who Bob Billfinger is, uh, 
Uh, I, I, like, this is one of those documentaries, like, I'll be completely honest. When I was watching this, I was half paying attention to the first maybe 20 minutes of the documentary. And then I don't know, I don't even remember what it was, uh, but there was one point in the documentary, there was something that caught my attention. Um, I don't, again, I don't remember what it was, but from that point on, like, I was totally engrossed in this documentary. There was nothing else going on except me watching it. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's exactly what happened to me. It was first, like, usually a lot of times, a lot of documentaries do that to me, where I'm kind of like, eh, okay. You know, uh, you know, I already know a little bit about the story, but seeing it unfold and see these people talk about this guy and how much they cared about him and kind of just you generally felt a real large sense of injustice happened um, as this unfolds. And, yeah, you're right. The end of end of this film, you're like, man, Bob Kane is a dick. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's exactly how you feel walking out of it. And even every time you hear him talk later on or see an interview with him, I'm like, that sleazy son of a bitch. Yeah, that's how uh, I was, too. Yeah. And, and like, you know, like. And it was that statement they made. It's like this man was all about the financial money. It was watching how everything happened. And he even Bob Keane says it watching, you know, Siegel and Schuster uh, talk about, you know, them making $800 a week. And he's like, well, I could do that. Apparently you couldn't because you barely did any of the heavy lifting of it. Yeah. You were you were the money man behind it, that the one that was the face of, of all of it. And that was it. And yeah, it's a. Uh, it was like I said. It's an amazing, amazing story, and it was a story that really deserved to be told. Um, and I, I absolutely urge everybody here: if you love this character, please watch this, just so you have some respect for the man that created this character that we all love so much. I mean, it's um, this guy deserves as much credit he can get now because he he didn't get so much of it for so long of his life. So doing something like this, and every time you pick up a Batman comic, it, it, it makes you think. I'm like. You know, this this was such a great, great little moment for for this man now at this point where every time you can see a movie or, yeah, like I said, pick, pick up a comic, watch a TV show with Batman. The fact that you always see that and knowing when you see that moment, when you see that created by, you always think back to this and you'll be like, man, I'm really happy that he's getting this now because it changed my perspective immediately watching Return of the Cape Crusaders. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I watched Return of the Cape Crusaders right afterwards and uh, it was just so nice. Actually, like it made me smile mm-hmm. seeing in the credits, um, you know, Bob Kane with Bill Finger. So, um, yeah, I, I just I, I loved I was so happy to see the documentary uh, by the end of it. And, um, yeah, I, I highly recommend it to, to anybody, too, who's if you're just a fan of Batman, doesn't matter what version, uh, whether it's the the films, the comics, the television shows, what have you, doesn't matter if you're a fan of Batman in any sense of the form. Uh, give this your time, and and it's about an hour and a half, and um, just it deserves it deserves to be seen uh, just to pay homage to the the man who created the character. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I would say as far as film, uh, TV show kind of style documentaries, as far as like a major focus point, I would definitely put this in my top three. Uh, that being, you know, now Batman and Bill, uh, the shark is still working, which is just amazing documentary on Jaws. And then back in time for Back to the Future. Uh, I think those are three of some of the greatest documentaries focused on some of these, these kind of pop culture icons that we think about so much. So I never, what, what's the one on Jaws? I never even heard of that one. The shark is still working. Uh, it actually came with a. It was a. It was a documentary that apparently was originally about seven hours long, and they cut it down to about two and a half. Um, they were working on it for years and years. It was just a fan project, and Universal bought it actually 
and they put it out with the I think one of the recent I think it was the 50th anniversary of uh, Jaws or not oh. 50th. Not uh, maybe it was like the 35th anniversary. I can't remember what it was. I know I Jaws have, is 50 years old yet. I have that Blu-ray. I'm going to have to look for that. Oh, it's amazing. But I, but I agree with you on Back in Time. That just, but that's just because I'm a huge Back to the Future nut. So it's I, I loved Back in Time too. But I'm gonna have to watch. I'm gonna have to look for the shark. It's not working. Oh, it's amazing. And yeah, if you have that Blu-ray, it's it's probably on there. But yeah, it's it, I I would definitely put this in that high caliber with those others. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I actually say it's uh, you know as far as a review of this, as far as uh, a score, I would actually you know because we normally do a, a number rating on these, I would definitely give this a ten out of ten, hands down. And I'd also give it three legends. A legend for the film itself, a legend for Mark Tyler Nobleman, and definitely a legend for both finger. Yeah, so. I, I agree with that too. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right, let's let's liven this up a bit. Yes, let's do this. <laughs> I'm gonna speak happier now. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Batman: Return of the Cape Crusaders. So, this is one of those uh, things that we um, we gave this away as a prize. Actually, uh, our listener Paul won this, and we finally got it up to him in Canada, and he's loved it ever since. Uh, I posted a picture on my Facebook page that I was watching this, and I had a number of people comment how much they loved this movie. Um, Again, if you are a fan of the original 1966 Batman season series, you will love this movie. If you hated that show, you're probably going to hate this movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because it is extremely campy and cheesy, just like the show. The, the dialogue is just as horribly, awesomely bad. <laughs> um, and that's the only way I can really put it. But and I have to imagine it was difficult to write, too, because, like, trying to match that style and cadence in today's standards had to be so difficult to try to be like, how do we get this perfect, cheesy enough without just being horrendously dumb? Yes. Yeah. But but we have to uh, – the, the biggest thing about this film is the, the fact that Batman is voiced by Adam West, Robin is voiced by Burt Ward – and Catwoman is Julie Newmar. Mm-hmm. So we had three of the original cast come back. I think pretty much all of the surviving original cast came yes, back to yeah. do this. Because I think they're the only three survive. Well, now two. But um, sad At moment. the time of creation. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, th- and I think there was even a sequel already being planned. Oh, um, that's a shame. That unfortunately now has to be scrapped because Adam is obviously not around to. And I don't think you could do it now. Um with as good as this first one was, uh, with having Adam West reprise his role, I don't think you could do a sequel now with just Burt Ward and Julie Newmar. Right. Um, you could, in essence, make a sequel and replace the entire voice cast. Uh, but I, I just don't – I think you should now leave it as a, as a kind tribute to Adam West. Right. I mean, that's one of the things I will say. Um, and though I think one of the only things I'll really ding this, this whole thing with is uh, the original – 66 bill dozier batman show that 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 cast of actors was phenomenal like these were so many large icons that voiced these characters and they all had very distinct voices and that's the only thing that it makes you feel a little off when you're watching it a little bit at times like hearing people like penguin and the riddler like frank gorshin's riddler had such a distinct voice and they just don't quite get close to matching it the right way and it feels weird and off um, because you like if you watch the show, you know those voices in your head so clear. And I think they could have maybe worked on their voice casting for a couple of the characters a little bit harder. I mean, again, you know, Cesar Romero's Joker, again, very iconic. Um, very close, though, I would say, for the casting of this. But then you also are looking at 
uh, Penguin uh, being played by Burgess Meredith, and that one still like that. I think it was really primarily Penguin and Riddler. Just never felt quite right when I was listening to this and watching this film. So, um, but beyond that, though, uh, the rest of the voice work was fantastic. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it, it, it there was just so many nice little things. I can I there was one of it's funny because there's. Uh, th- this is one of my cheesy moments of this that made me smile because it took me back to being a kid. Um, there are so many Batman villains that we saw throughout the run of it. Obviously, uh, Joker, Penguin, Catwoman, and Riddler are the four mains. But I, one villain in particular, <laughs> I remember I know exactly what you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> one villain in particular, I remember more than anybody else, with the exception of those four, I got to see a glimpse of. Dude, I got to see the return of King Tut. Uh huh. <laughs> well, it's not even just that too, but I mean, Christ, we 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 saw an animated Vincent Price in this too. So. Yeah, we yeah we we got to see um, Egghead, Clock yeah. King, uh, King Tut, Mad Hatter, Mister Freeze, Sandman, uh, Black Widow, Bookworm. Dude, so many great classic villains that you knew they put that scene in purposely for the sake of the people that remember this original show. You know what? One other tiny thing I got to give it a ding, though. Drove me nuts that they didn't do it because they could have done anything they wanted. The moment that Batman and Robin are climbing up the building, nobody pops their head out of a window and says anything. Oh, I didn't even think about that. You're and right. I'm like, I was like, you could have used any character at all. And like, I just had a, a, this a awesome cameo of somebody come in. Like, how awesome would it have been? If you had somebody like Ben Affleck or somebody that plays Batman now, <laughs> uh, like the cast of the ju- new Justice League film making a statement or something or Kevin Conroy, uh, it would have just been awesome. Yeah. You know, but yeah. I, like I said, though, as a whole, though, man, this, this was so much fun, so much stupid fun. I absolutely adored this, though. But you're I'm... right. Absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, I mean we saw uh, Going into like the che- just the cheese of it, uh, uh, the devices. I mean, we got to see Batnip, um, <laughs> the, the Bat Rocket. <laughs> we saw Penguin's Blimp, um, which was it- a great nod back to the submarine and all these. Oh, God, everything felt so damn perfect. Like they plotted this so damn well. Dude, and even like uh, going, like you said, a great nod back to the submarine at the end when all of the Bat clones go back to you know turn to powder uh-huh. uh that was another nod to the 1966 movie and yeah um d- d- just so many great things i loved um there were a couple things and i'm not they're not dings that i'm saying but there were a couple lines in the film that felt a lot more adult um than the original show where where like i heard them say something and i was like really did they just say that um, almost like sexual in nature, mm-hmm. um, which I completely understand. I mean, this is, this is a cartoon for adults. So it's, um, you know, without, but I mean, the, the kids can watch this too. There's nothing wrong with it or too adult in nature that the kids will even pick up on anything. Um, but yeah, there's so many, like, it's tough to even like, like, I know we're going everywhere with this. We're jumping all over the place, but, um, you know, just, Again, going with like the, the the devices and the cheesiness and the caviness of it. Like, well, here's the antidote for the batnip. Well, I took the anti antidote antidote beforehand so that the antidote didn't like it's like really like it's yeah. just so bad, but it's so but it's, bad it, it in such a great so way. I know. 
But I, you know, one of my favorite things too, I got to bring up is there's the big fight sequence at the end on the top of the blimp. Uh, where Catwoman's not involved in the fight and she's just scratching at the air, just like the TV show. The fact <laughs> that they did that, but I love that they cut back to it a second time and she's like, they they do this fourth wall break where she's like, the camera's on me. Oh shit, why are they looking at me? And she puts her hands down at her side and it looks all sheepish. Yeah, and I'm like, that was so amazing. And I'm like, the fact that they did that was great. Um, the only thing I, I will say too, and I, I hate to keep bringing up these stupid little nitpicks, but I'm sure because of the rights for this. Uh, not being able to in full use all like the transition sounds and noises and such like that, um, I thought was a little that was a little jarring at times too. Because like, wait a second, that's not the right sound, you know? Uh, like you know, seeing the spinning bat uh, bat symbol logo, like we all know that sound in our head. That da 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 da, you know, uh, that not being in there and all. But I mean, like again, you know, for them working in the confines, I'm sure they had to based off of the contracts and who owns the rights to all these things. Man, this was, ex- was exceptional. It does not change the fact I still absolutely give this a legend. Um, and, you know, we always talk about line of the week. Man, there's so many in this. I can't pick one. Uh, well, do you have a couple a couple favorites? Um, I know we share. There's one we definitely share. I'm sure. <laughs> do you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Get nuts. <laughs> <laughs> the bat brass knuckles. Dear God. And I love the punches. Fractured, <laughs> yeah. Pl- uh, uh, um, bludgeoned, and yeah, seriously, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's. I don't know if I think that's probably the line of the week that I have because there's so many other great ones that I just can't even pinpoint one. I, I think my other two easily are Quick Robin to the Crosswalk um, was one of my other favorites, <laughs> and actually one from Julie Newmar at the end. I was like, is like, like, well, what we could always slip away to Europe go to a cafe and sip some tea of course we still have to kill robin um <laughs> but i love that little nod like they like you said we have that great nod to 89 batman another one to the dark knight rises ending you know uh so i love the fact that they still threw those little things in there but it was so much fun listening to adam west and burt ward play these characters again and same with julie newmar i mean you know i'm sure everybody's connection to julie newmar is not as tight because she was actually only Catwoman for one season of the show um, you know, we had uh, Eartha Kitt and Lee Merriweather uh, as as the other ones that we saw. So, uh, but Julie Newmar, obviously being the big fan favorite uh, that that's out there for the show, it was great to see her get a chance to rep- you know reprise this role. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so many great little nods to the original series, to the film, to the the current films. Um, although I don't think there's a nod to any of the BVS in there. At least not that I picked up on. Maybe there is one, and I just didn't catch it. Uh, actually, you know what, too, because I mentioned that Catwoman thing, there's a moment where, where uh, you know, uh, Batman gets sprayed by Catwoman and he sees in triplicate and he sees all three of the Catwomen from the show. And I thought that was such a beautiful touch um, when he's just like, Robin, I'm seeing in triple. And it's you, you see very clearly Julie Newmar, Lee Merriweather and Eartha Kitt's Catwoman's on screen at once. Yeah. Uh, which was just truly fantastic. I love the fact that they did that. Um, yeah. Being, I think, one of... Uh... Adam West's final works. Uh, this is a great homage to him, uh, and uh, this is a hell of a way to leave his legacy behind. Yeah, it's, this this is probably the most beautiful tribute for a character he's so well known as playing. So, yes, exactly, absolutely. Um, it was so funny too watching Aunt Harriet on screen again. Um, and you know, I you know there was the only I wish we could have seen the sequence with Alfred in his black suit with his little eye mask on driving the car at one point, you know, little things like that would have been, would, would have been awesome. But I loved every single little nod. The animation in this too is gorgeous. Uh, they did such a great job getting the feel and the look of everything. So right. Um, 
I mean, and I was just blown away, especially I think Caesar, you know, the Caesar Romero Joker, uh, you know, the frown and every time he smiled, it was it matched that look almost identically. I loved it. It was it it was so great watching this. Um, I I kind of wish I the only regret I have with this is that we didn't go to that one night only in theaters to see this because it would have been great to see this on the big screen. But I just remember when I when I started watching this. I think one of those moments that I knew I was going to love this movie and it really didn't have anything to do with um, the cheesiness of anything. It was the fact that when Batman, when Bruce Wayne and uh, Dick Grayson slide down the poles and we see the uniforms getting put on, the moment I saw the Batmobile, the original Batmobile that I know in the Batcave and I see them jump in and drive out, and as they're driving out of the cave, it's almost like a little homage to the television show Get Smart, mm-hmm. uh, going through the different kinds of doors to get out of the Batcave. Uh, the moment I saw that sequence, I sat back and I said, yep, I'm just going to sit and watch this because I'm going to love it. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. And that's in the first five minutes of the show, mm-hmm. if not the first three minutes of the movie. So um, and I wasn't disappointed at all by the end i absolutely loved it to this is a legend for me as well and to anybody who was a fan of the original series you have to watch this yeah no I, doubt know, in my mind absolutely there there's no question this is one of the best things ever i mean i love the fact that they did the batman 66 comic book uh and you know kevin smith and ralph garman being such a huge proponents of working on that and the beautiful job that they did and that leading, obviously, and the success of that leading into this becoming an animated film, uh, it's just truly wonderful, truly outstanding. Um, huge credit to Warner Brothers Animation for doing this. And I, I, I got to say, it, it was so amazing, the fact that they had this opportunity and people embraced it as much as they did. So, yeah, really just fantastic. And, you know, what? one of the things I got to say, though, too. Uh, because I've got so many recommendations for this episode, so I'm going to kind of spread them out throughout. Like I said, I mentioned, obviously, for Batman and Bill, that um, Kevin Smith, Batman on Batman number 53. Because of the Adam West um, you know, passing this week and us talking about this, one of the things I really urge people to listen to as well is uh, also another Batman on Batman episode, which is uh, episode 74, where he has Burt Ward on. And he talks about the behind the scenes of filming that TV show and some really funny stories and things that have happened. Um and it's just it would just be fantastic for people to get a chance to listen to this because it's another great way to find out more about some of the amusing things and it ties nicely into this and then us remembering Adam West. So, yeah, yeah. Um, my recommendations for this week, I guess we're just getting them out of the way now. Unless you you have more, don't you? Oh, I have more. And I'll okay, them up I'll, the I'll save mine for I'll save mine for later then. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is just one of those things that just you need to uh, you you need to watch. Um, yeah, because it's just. It's fantastic. So red box it, buy it online, um, you know, uh, buy it on Amazon or, you know, whatever, wherever you buy movies, uh, things like that. It just go at, uh, yeah. Cause it's, it's, I'm reading here, um, uh, sequel is going to be released in 2007. Oh, it's already done. Oh, fantastic. he's already started to work on it. A sequel is going to be released in 2017. The film will have William Shatner voicing Two-Face as the main antagonist. It it would be the last film to star Adam West after his death on June 9th, though it is unknown how much of the film he completed before then. 
Um, actually, oddly enough, um, as I mentioned before, uh, Ralph Garman, who uh, does uh, Hollywood Babylon with uh, Kevin Smith, um, has a flawless, and I mean flawless, Adam West impersonation. Um, so if that was the case, I think uh, that you could, could potentially see somebody like that come in and, and do this, especially for somebody that has so much love for Adam to begin with and was a big proponent of one of the reasons that this, this happened, as I mentioned. So I could see if that's the case, so somebody like him coming in and finishing that role. Yeah, that that be, I, I'd be fine with that. Um, mm-hmm. Let's just hope that you know, it, with William Shatner voicing Two Face, <laughs> we don't lose William Shatner. Yeah, uh, anytime yeah. <laughs> before that. Um, but a sequel is going to be released uh, later this year, so hopefully, probably around the same time, I would assume, maybe like around October, November. Yeah, uh, I think we, I think yeah, there's a high chance I'm sure we'll see a lot of this uh, come uh, what is July for San Diego Comic Con. So. Well, actually, this one they saved for New York Comic Con in October. Oh, okay. So um, that's probably yeah. They originally, uh, it looks like they showed. Um, uh, where's it at? Yeah, the trailer was released in August, uh, August seventeenth, and then they showed it on. Uh, they showed it at New York Comic Con on October sixth, and then it was released one eight in theaters on October tenth. So uh, most likely, that's probably what we'll see again is around around the time of New York Comic Con we might see more along the lines of the sequel and uh, go from there. Yeah. And most likely knowing DC as well. I mean, they did such a beautiful job with, um, you know, the killing joke when they did that and they had that beautiful documentary beforehand. I would not be surprised if you do go to the theaters to see this, they'll probably have a very nice tribute to Adam um, beforehand. I would not be surprised if that's what they do exactly. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And it just kind of, you know, it's just kind of a shame too that, you know, his death, I mean, it's a it's a shame that he died, but his death actually happened after all of these things have ended. Like Gotham already ended its season. Um, You know, we're not going to see another Batman in theaters until November. So we'll probably see something, obviously they'll, they'll probably throw something in the credits of justice league. Um, At least I would hope they would. Yeah. Uh, just... uh, Good. Oh no! I was like, now it makes me wonder if they're going to finally release that final episode of Powerless with yes. uh, with Adam Adam in it. And so that was the I, other I, thing I wanted to bring up too is I I hope they do that. Um, yeah, I hope they get off their ass and be like, this is something special, and we need to show it regardless if the show is loved or hated, um, just to, to honor the man. Yeah. So. Put it online and let us watch it. You know, just we want to see it as fans of Adam West. We want to see it. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, so before we get into news and recommendations, I know we were between this and Gotham, uh, the back half of Gotham. Um, I, I want to talk Gotham for for just a minute. I know some of the spoilers, so don't. I'm not I'm not afraid to hear them. It's okay. Okay. I, I heard what they did with a couple things, and I'm like, they took I, one of our ideas and twisted it. I but it, I, I want to talk about one in particular, and that's all I want to talk about. Badass I want Cyrus. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Cyrus Gold, dude. Let me tell you, as a friend of Drew Powell's, and I, I'm saying that one because it's true, and I'm bragging a little bit, humble brag. Um, g- having gotten to know Drew over you know the past couple years through Next Level for, through the Showcast Spotlight, uh, and seeing him and working with him at cons and stuff like that, I've, I'm a huge fan of Drew's, and I've become a huge fan of Butch Gilzine. Now, I want to preface this by when we 
interviewed one of the first times we ever we interviewed Drew a number of times, but one of the first times we ever interviewed him in in public in person was at Heroes and Villains Con last year, uh, where we actually we left the con because it was too noisy when we actually went across the street to the hotel, um, and we talked about this. Now I had predicted in that interview, and you can go back and see it, that I predicted they were going to do more with Butch, and he was going to become either Bane or Solomon Grundy. Because he's a, he's a bigger guy, he's got that size, and that's obviously Gotham was putting the twists and turns on characters away from the comic books, so they could very easily do this. Fast forward to this finale, and Butch takes a bullet to the head. And my immediate thought is, fuck, you can't kill off Butch. Like, don't do this. Like, the, uh, this royally sucks. And I immediately wanted to treat, tweet Drew. Um, and I'm like, I, I want to do like apologize and everything. And I'm like, let me just finish the finale and then I'll tweet him. And at the end of the finale, you find out Butch's real name and it's Cyrus Gold. And I immediately cheered up for two reasons. One, it means Butch is still alive. Drew's not leaving the show, which is amazing. And two, I fucking called it, dude. I called it because anybody who doesn't know, Cyrus Gold is the real name of Solomon Grundy. Mm-hmm. I think I actually even made that prediction a while back on this one too. You, I think you probably story from you. I think you probably did, and I, I don't think I said anything at the time because I just didn't think of it at the time. Um, but the fact that Drew Butch is really Solomon Grundy. He is. I think they're going to put a little bit of a different turn on it because Drew is because Butch is still alive, um, but he took a bullet to the brain, so he's obviously brain dead. So rather than making him a zombie like he is in the comic books, I think they're just going to make him brain dead. Mm-hmm. Which which would make sense with the, with the caliper of what happened. Um, but dude, the moment I heard that, I I immediately cheered up and I tweeted Drew. Um, I didn't tweet him. I, I DM'd him. I, I direct messaged him. And I said, dude, how fucking awesome is that? I said, next season, you're getting down in Grundy. And that's how I put And he, he messaged me back. He's like, I knew it was only a matter of time before I heard from you. <laughs> <laughs> because he remembered me predicting it. And he actually told me, he said he, at the time that I predicted it, he obviously didn't know because they were still in season one. They just wrapped season one. So they didn't know anything about where that. And he said he didn't even find out about this change until they started filming this back half. Um, so he didn't even know in the first half of this season because they took that long extended break. Um, and writers were still working on the back half. So he didn't even know until they went back to start filming this back half that that's exactly what was going to happen to his character. And dude, he is extremely excited. I can imagine. He is he's very such a nice excited. Guy. Yes, he's, he's such a nice guy. Um, he's going to be at Heroes and Villains, um, New, New York, New Jersey in September. I can't wait to see him. Um, I think he might even be, he goes to a lot of the Walker stalkers too. Um, I'm trying to see which one is first, because uh, there's Walker Stalker Con New York, New Jersey. There's Walker Stalker Con Philadelphia, and these are local to us, obviously. Um, Philadelphia is September 30th through the 1st, um, and I'm looking to see if he's 
He's not booked yet, but he usually does do them basically because it's right up the road from him. I mean, he lives in New York, so it's it's very easy. They just get a car and get him to come down. Um, so he will most likely be in, in Oaks in September, and then I think uh, Heroes and Villains, New York, New Jersey is October. I think it falls in between the two. Um, no, it's actually before it. It's September 16th and 17th. Oh, very cool. Um, well, know what you now you know what you have to do, right? Um, yeah, I got to get him to let me come on set. Well, not even that. <laughs> like, you just need to you really, really just need to make another, uh, you know, pipe glass for him that's got the same logo, and then it's just the silhouette this time of Solomon Grundy, and this is hashtag Stay Gold. <laughs> oh, dude, that's brilliant! I am doing. I'm totally yeah. Because for those of you that don't know, Rob, you know the story obviously because you brought it up. Um, I back in. I think it was, it was Phil, it was Walker Stalker Oaks. Uh, Drew was there and we were already friendly with him at this point. And I, I made, I made you these, these beer mugs and I made a pint glass for your wife with, with the logo on it. We're going to do something with the logo soon too, by the way. I'm just trying to work some stuff out with it. Um, but I made this pint glass for, um, for Drew and it was a silhouette. It had a logo on the front. It had a, the silhouette of Butch Gilzine on the back and I hashtagged something. Um, uh, I can't badass remember. Butch. Badass Butch. That's right. I, I hashtag Badass Butch on it, and I took it to him at Walker Stalker, and he fucking loved it. And he even he tweeted it out that moment. Like he was like, "Dude, can I tweet this?" I was like, "Absolutely, you can tweet this." And he tweeted it out, and he tagged me in it, and like it blew my Twitter up because uh, all the fans that he had. And then about a week or two later. Um, he tweeted it out again and tagged me in it because he was drinking beer out of it watching a football game. Um, so he, he tweeted out that he was using the mug. So I know he's used it and, and such. So yeah, so now I got to do another one with Solomon Grundy with hashtags, yeah. hashtag stay gold. That's, oh my God, I love that. Thank you for that. And I will, you're welcome. You're I welcome. will get him to tag you or at least like I'll get him to tag you or like caffeine crew or something. Absolutely. Uh, in that as well. And just, uh, we'll take, I'll take that to him in September. Um, yeah. But I'm so excited. I was, that was my favorite part of the, of the Gotham finale was knowing now the future that Drew has with that show. And I think from what I understand, from what I took from that is he's going to be a big part. Solomon Grundy's not just going to be like a side villain. He's going to be like along the, the level of like Joker and of not Joker of Riddler and Penguin. He's cool. going to be a main antagonist of next season, which is going to be amazing because he, he so deserves it. He totally, awesome. he totally deserves it. Well, like I said, I know next week, obviously, we're going to get to the Legends of Tomorrow annual. And I think, you know, Gotham is because I have so much to watch still. Um, I was trying to look at this week and it was, you know, the Adam West thing was the major reason. Also, we, we made this decision. But even when, before that happened, I still had like eight episodes of Gotham to watch. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to have time to get through this. Um, and then, you know, obviously, you know, Adam's passing was kind of like, OK, you know, we have to do this specifically. Um uh, but we'll still definitely do that Gotham back half uh, this summer. I think we'll get through the normal CW shows first and then follow up with that one. So that'll still happen. So, yeah. And hopefully we'll, we might even know a little bit more by that point about, uh, you know, Drew's transformation and some of the other things that happened mm-hmm. during uh, during that finale as well. Um, one more thing before we do the news. Um, and I hope you don't mind me doing this. Oh, absolutely. Please. please. Um, I want to do uh, we've had him on the podcast before. And we want to do a little, because they're friends of us, we just want to do a little public congratulations to our friend Mannix, uh, who got engaged to his girlfriend, 
uh, yeah. at, over the course of the weekend. So, and he did it in such a nerdy way, which is why we love him so much. He did it on stage at a Harry Potter convention. <laughs> and so of course, and of course, his Facebook, po- his Facebook post announcing it was Accio engagement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which was so great. Uh, but, but congrats we're... to them because, like, uh, you know, um, uh, his fiance Amanda is actually my wife's best friend too. So, like I said, couldn't be happier for the two of them. I've known Chris for, God, almost uh, probably almost twenty years. So, yeah, it's uh, very, very happy for the two of them. It's it's weird because uh, it's because of those two you and I met. It is, it is, it is absolutely because of that, and you and me have become hardcore good friends since yeah. then. So, I mean, you've uh, known you've known Maddox for going on twenty years. I've known Amanda probably for going on maybe like fifteen. So I mean it's I, I knew Amanda, you knew Mannix, and then when the two of them got together, friends merge and hence DC Primetime. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That's uh that's how it all be all begun. So I, I couldn't wish uh, you know the two of them you know more happier. You know congratulations on that. So yeah, congrats, guys. If not for them, this podcast would not exist. So that's why we kind of have to give a public congratulations to their engagement. Mm-hmm. So not just because that, because we're also happy for them. But it's, yeah, very very good friends, you know. and we care about them a great deal. So awesome to them. We'll have to get Chris back on here soon. We'll maybe try to squeeze him in sometime this summer. Um, Man, we got a lot going on this summer. It's crazy. I was like, what are we going to do? Like, that's what we, our first thought was last year. I'm like, shit, I don't know if we're going to get everything we want done. And now we're worried we're not going to fit it all in. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I mean, like, Christ, if you just think about it, you know, like I said, next week we'll do Legends. Uh, I'm sure we'll probably do some of your interviews. We have a pseudo off week for us so we can have a mental catch up um on just life in general but we'll probably do some of your interviews i guess from harrisburg i believe oh my god i still i have two panels that i can put up because i have my david ramsey panel i have my panel with um uh with matt letcher and michelle harrison that can put up so those are 45 minutes a piece right there so there's two sep there's two weeks uh four annuals five annuals if we include the back half of gotham we have the shads episode we have whoever else wins i know we want to get paul in here from bats and bows sometime this summer definitely get a chance to get him in here uh, there's um, like eight weeks right there that we've already got tied up, and we haven't even talked about our Silver Age yet. And yeah, we, we're definitely going to be doing that too. So, uh, and then I'm sure we'll have an episode that's just news, news, news. Come San Diego Comic Con, that'll yep. probably break up everything here as well. So, uh, if you guys were wondering what the summer is, there you go. <laughs> we, <laughs> so, trust me, I know sh- we've yeah. got it. Yeah, I know Shad's episode will be focusing on uh, the Arkham series games. So Arkham, Arkham uh, Asylum, Arkham City, Arkham Knight. Uh, we don't know, I don't think, I don't know if we've had anybody enter into the other part of the contest yet. Uh, so guys, make sure you get in on that. Like I said, the end of next week, uh, that's done. Just a quick note of why you want to host. That's it. Or if you're afraid to go into something too big, just your idea for an episode. And maybe we'll just even pick that. So we'll give everybody enough time if we need to extend it out a little bit. Uh, not a problem. I know, like I said, when we don't have normal episodes coming in, uh, as far as like reviews of shows, I know sometimes summer months listenership is down a little bit, but we'll make sure we put something online. Uh, we want you guys to get involved. We love having community members on the show. You guys are the reason we do this to begin with, and uh, we love having you guys here. So, yes, absolutely, please. So. Uh, all right, now let's hit the news. Okay, <laughs> let's do it. So, actually, the first thing I want to talk about, and we're going to hit the film universe, then transition over to TV. Uh, but let's talk a little bit more about Wonder Woman. And I got to bring up something that we actually missed in our review that I it didn't even click with me after we saw the film. But there is a beautiful sequence I just want to nod to because I, I just love it when I thought about it more and more. Is that amazing moment that we see Diana save Steve Trevor in the alleyway. 
I did not even realize that was a 100% homage to the original Richard Donner uh, Superman film. Even Diana's clothing almost mimics and matches Clark Kent in that sequence when he saves Lois in the alley to the T and everything the way that it's shot. They even said they filmed this specifically to be a massive homage to what everybody still says is one of the best superhero films of all time. So I love the fact that that's there. If you haven't seen the film, sorry for that little bit of a spoiler. You know we spoil shit on the yes. show. So uh, we're not sorry, not sorry. Um, but yeah, so make sure if you do get a chance to watch it again, have that in your mind. Uh, I've already watched Richard Jenner again since watching that film just to I, watch that sequence. I have too. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> but when you see that again, your eyes just kind of light up even more. I'm like, that is so classy that they did that. So super awesome. But on the other happier news of Wonder Woman, uh, a little bit of an update. I know we normally don't talk about box offices as we mentioned last week, but I've got to give them uh, some serious props, man. They're they're. They're coming out swinging hard on their second weekend. We don't even know how Sunday did or the full numbers for Saturday yet. But uh, the movie is already at 435 mil, uh, you know, worldwide. That's uh, 205 million domestic as of, uh, I think, early this morning and then 230 overseas. Um, and it's they said out of every solo outing superhero film, the lowest drop ever um, from week to week. So I think they said they were only at something in the in the like 40 percentile, which may sound big. Normally, a lot of these films are anywhere in the 60 to 70 percent drop point. So uh, congratulations again to Wonder Woman for just coming out of the bat swinging. And I'm so happy to see that they're having so much success. I think it's already the 17th highest grossing film for the year, and it's only its second week in, which is pretty impressive. So not too shabby. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, so jumping over, uh, talking about Wonder Woman a little bit more. So we made a report last week. We had to kind of make an addendum to. We stated that Patty Jenkins was officially signed on and under contract by Warner Brothers to come back for the sequel. Apparently that is not the case. Apparently there was some uh, confusion in the statement that she made. She did come out and say, hey, I haven't been signed on. She's like, it is fully my intention, though, to do whatever we can to work with Warner Brothers and can be there to do the sequel. So uh, – Everything everybody right now is really hoping that Patty is definitely involved in the sequel. So, uh, and actually, apparently, we don't know yet about Gal Gadot if her contract is slated for Wonder Woman two. I would assume at this point, without question, that's yeah. already being hashed out. Yeah. So, um, but jumping over, we'll uh, transition to a little bit of Justice League. Uh, first off, we can to kind of link the two together. Uh, we know two key Wonder Woman characters are going to be reprising the roles in Justice League. I know one of the things we talked about a little while back when we discussed the last trailer for Justice League, that uh, there is that shot of the Amazonians fighting uh, in the war with looks like the Parademons. And I know uh, some of, uh, looks like probably I'm sure some of mankind is in the mix there somewhere, or if not, maybe it's some Atlanteans, I guess when they first find out about the mother boxes. So we do know for a fact, uh, Antiope and Queen Hippolyta will be joining, uh, joining the mix and being back in. So Diane Nielsen and Robert Wright are reprising their roles in flashback sequences. Which all I can say is yay and awesome. <laughs> so um, I'm very, very happy to see them in the mix there. So it sounds like from a, we're looking at it, uh, it is the Amazonians and the Atlanteans in the fight with uh, the uh, the soldiers and Dark Side from Apocalypse. So and it looks like it is going to happen on Themyscira. Um, jumping into some other fun Justice League talk. If you are a big collector, uh, Mattel has shown off their first look at the range of their figures for Justice League, including, uh, that really badass Batmobile. Uh, and actually the Batmobile sculpt looks amazing. 
Uh, I will do my best to remember to put up a post of the shots of this. And obviously, the you know, the traditional figure line that includes Aquaman, Batman, Cyborg, Wonder Woman, Superman, and Flash, and then the uh, Batmobile itself as well. So, And the Batmobile looks like it will fit full-size figures in this. So I'm sure this is a traditional... Probably like six and a half inch care, uh, you know, figurines. So, but uh, they uh, the sculpts on them look pretty damn good. So if you're a collector, that's something to be a little excited about. And uh, you know, uh, speaking of Justice League, there's one last big thing we have to talk about, which is reshoots. Not a big shock here, guys. Uh, <laughs> for the people that saw this, I did put this rumor up, and I hate sometimes that the uh, articles that we put up, the titles of the articles, not the what we write, but the articles themselves that we're linking to are a little clickbitty in the uh, as far as what they say, and sometimes make a little doom and gloom sounding to it. But um, you now these shoot uh, reshoots are said to be substantial, but it's really not as substantial as far as there's a lot of small things that need to be added in. Most likely, when reshoots go back into the mix, uh, it's for transition sequences, dialogue changes that need to be changed because of editing, things like that. And the reason that they're actually substantial again nodding back to the clickbait title of the article itself from comic book movie. Um, the reason for this is it's about three or four months of reshooting that they're doing. And that's primarily because so many of the actors currently are filming other projects and they need time to make sure they can get everybody in. Obviously a big key proponent of that right now is that Aquaman is shooting in full force right now. So they have to make sure they're able to break people away to work on as much humanly possible. So, uh, so if you're seeing that, don't be afraid. You know, Joss Whedon is the one directing all of the reshoots. Um, and, you know, it's possible that, you know, this could change tonally or the film. Sometimes small things like transitions and dialogue changes can have a, ma- a massive lasting impact, but it's not going to change the story, guys. So don't stress out. Don't be worried. Uh, and again, remember, as we even said it in our review of Wonder Woman last week, Wonder Woman is the start of something new. And I think that you're going to see the changes really make their first impact come Aquaman, not Justice League. So don't stress. <laughs> uh, jumping over else to something just, uh, and I thought that was just really damn cool and really classy, is uh, there was a beautiful tribute paid to Richard Donner, uh, who has since retired from filmmaking. Uh, I believe his last film he did was uh, early 2000s, I believe. Uh, I, I can't quite remember offhand as far as timelines of this. But um, Jeff Johns, uh, obviously the head of the DC film side of the world, and... Kevin Feige from Marvel Cinematic Universe came together to pay tribute to Richard Donner together because both of them got their start and their careers working for him uh, between Superman and Lethal Weapon. So, uh, which was really just kind of amazing. And this was done at uh, the Film Academy Samuel Goldwyn Theater just a couple of days ago, uh, and it was like a special ninety-minute program that the two of them got to do together. And uh, I'll just read a couple of their quotes. Uh, you know, Kevin uh, Kevin Feige said, Superman, the movie is, to this day, the archetype for the perfect superhero film origin story. I hope you don't bemoan the fact that the film has inspired every single one of the movies that I have been a part of. Um, and then continue on to say, they, uh, you know, all these, you know, films, they've changed my life. I didn't. Uh, well, no, Donna, you know, responded and said, they changed my life. I didn't change theirs. So, uh, so really classy uh, mentioned from Donna in that. And then <laughs> I know... Jeff Johns came back there, too, and uh, had a couple of beautiful things to say. So there is a link to that article up on our Facebook page. Now, if only we could get them to join in conversations about having a Justice League versus the Avengers film. <laughs> I think that would be just all kinds of amazing. But, you know, let's <laughs> let's make sure Justice League is good first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. 
But I love the fact that these two guys came together and it kind of helps bury that divide that Marvel versus DC, which, yeah. you know, which is just a fan created thing. So it's no different than when we talk about video games. It's that Microsoft versus PlayStation versus Nintendo. It's a fan created thing. They all care about each other and want to make the industry solid. I yes. mean, that's the important thing for these guys. And they just, and especially people like, you know, Jeff Johns and Kevin Feige, they just want to tell these characters stories. So, um, but yeah, very happy to see that they, they got a chance to do this and especially being able to honor somebody like Richard Donner, which is fantastic. Because I know between me and Ben, there's so many movies that this man has made that we just fucking adore. So, Oh, yeah. I mean, the, you mentioned the Lethal Weapon movies alone. I still love those movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So let's head over to the TV side of the world. Uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about Titans. Um, so we don't have much to go on here yet, but it sounds like the show will begin start shooting this fall. So I get, I bet you. Come San Diego Comic Con, we're gonna get our full range of casting notes uh, and maybe a little tease. So, uh, like I said, not much to go on there for you guys, but I did want to at least bring it up. But we do know it's not gonna be shooting in Vancouver. So if you guys are thinking about Arrowverse, um, it doesn't seem like there's gonna be much in the way of any kind of connection just based off of where it's filming. But it is filming in Atlanta, which is where Black Lightning is also filming. So seems like they're splitting the productions to two locations. So. I, I and again, it's it's something that I think. It needs to be, I mean, as we've seen with, you know, with Arrow and, and the Flash and Arrow and Legends, if you kind of do crossovers too soon, it kind of, one of the two shows kind of tends to suffer. So I think not crossing over as, as much as it would be awesome to see, I think not crossing over right away is actually a good thing for these shows. Yeah. I mean, honestly, look at Arrow. Arrow suffered the most when it had to shoehorn in multiple shows and introduce multiple shows yeah um and like i said you look at this season when they didn't have to deal with that and it was the best it's ever been so um and i will continue saying that for many many years unless next season they they do something that wows me even more but (laughs) season five a lot lot to live up to season five i don't know if you if you've been seeing like a lot of the fun stuff that Stephen amell has been tweeting and, and things like that but he uh he posted a picture of just himself in front of a banner for Arrow, and the the tagline was um, "the cast revealed for season six. Oh yeah, because it was just him. Because <laughs> <laughs> everybody's still on the island at the end. Nice. So he's Very basically nice. jokingly hinting that everybody died. <laughs> um. All right. So let's jump over into some Legends of Tomorrow and then we'll close out with the the other big story here of the week. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow. We know we have another uh, another cast member joining for season three. And that is no, no like none other than Isis, which is really awesome. So for those of you that don't know, uh, that is going to be portrayed by Talia Ash. And the character's actual name out, not just uh, referred to as Isis, which is most likely they're going to go with her other name in the comic books for obvious reasons. Uh, it's uh, Zarya uh, Adriana Tomaz, and she is obviously has a heavy connection to characters like Black Adam and Captain Marvel. So really, really cool that she's coming in. But it sounds like she's going to be playing a Muslim American woman uh, from the year 2030 who has become a gray hat hacktivist. So very interesting. I'm very much looking forward to seeing what they're going to do here. Um, but, you know, obviously, I don't know if they're going to do anything as far as a connection to being Black Adam's wife, anything here, but it's a wait and see. Uh, obviously, uh, Talia Ash has been on American Odyssey, Smash, and Law and & Order. So, uh, Also, as far as Legends of Tomorrow, a little bit more that we know, uh, Katie Lotz was recently just interviewed uh, during the CW's uh, kind of like discussions about fall TV. 
And she did mention a little bit as far as season three is concerned. She said, if you thought season two was crazy, just wait for season three. Uh, She doesn't know a ton yet about um, every uh, little plot point here as far as what's coming up. But she did say White Canary will definitely be getting a new love interest come this season. So the Queen of England. Hey, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) We can just watch her and Doctor Who fight over that one for a while and see what happens. So. Mary, uh, and, Mary, Queen of Hearts, or <laughs> Mary Scott, Queen of, or whoever, I don't remember. And uh, the <laughs> last but not least, we do now officially know when we will start talking about Supergirl Flash. And uh, obviously things like Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow come next season. Uh, officially now, October 9th, Monday night, 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, Supergirl will begin its season premiere. Followed up by Tuesday, October 10th. Flash at 8 o'clock for its season premiere, followed at 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock by DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Wednesday, no shows in the DC slate anymore. Um, Wednesday now will be uh, held by Riverdale, which actually, if you haven't watched it yet, surprisingly a very awesome show. And uh, it is up in full on uh, Netflix. So, And then we'll jump over to Thursday night, October 12th, uh, from 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock uh, is Supernatural, immediately followed by none other than the season 6 premiere of Arrow now in a 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock slot. Uh, and now I'm just realizing something else uh, for this. The week of premieres, I am not even in town. What? Uh-huh. <laughs> I think I'm in Orlando for work. So uh, I'm going to have a very intense time when I come home. So. Oh, you better tell your job. You got more important things to do, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that sucks. <laughs> I just realized that now. Um so we'll figure that one out, obviously, guys, uh, and we'll we'll find a way to make that work. I think actually I might be actually leaving on the fourteenth, so it's a wait and see. Uh, I'll, I'll have to take a look, see, and then see what we can do. If not, maybe I'll just have to bring my laptop and some recording gear and hunker down in the hotel as long as the uh, connection uh, is stable enough. But I'll still have to find time to watch all of it, so um, I'll have to make sure I get some stuff uh, downloaded and ready for the plane. So. <laughs> uh, but that is our last news story for the week, so let's jump over to recommendations, and we are going to get the hell out of here. Yeah, man, sounds good to me. Uh, recommendation for the week for me, <laughs> we're, we're we're already over an hour. It never it never happens. Anytime we say, <laughs> let's do a shorter episode, you're like, so yeah, maybe like an hour. I'm like, no, if under, if we can. You're like, yeah, so an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, recommendations for me for the week, obviously, check out uh, the two things that we talked about um batman and bill on hulu available on hulu uh and um return of the batman return of the cape crusaders which is available uh in many different platforms either through digital download or uh blu-rays wherever you can buy them both online and in physical media and store um and of course and don't forget you can always rent that stuff from amazon too so if you don't want to purchase couple bucks you know you can get a chance to watch it very 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 true but that one uh obviously they're they're both highly recommended uh from both of us that we that you watch them um and my other personal recommendation out of all this is something that i'm going to be doing myself this week i'm going back and revisiting 1966 batman Uh, i just got my hands on all three seasons and i'm i'm gonna go back and and in between episodes of Legends, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna rewatch a couple because um, I I, I want to see them and I want to pay homage to to Adam West again in in my own personal way. Uh, for me, actually, uh, there's another homage to Adam West as well. Uh, for me, one of the things that I still love uh, that's not Batman '66 but does tie to Batman. I think I've even mentioned before and that this is one of my absolute favorite episodes. Uh, but go back to Batman the Animated Series season one. Uh, I think it's episode number thirty two. Gray Ghost. Sure. Beware of the Grey Ghost. Nice. Uh, 
which is still absolutely one of my favorites. And I love watching Kevin Conroy play opposite of Adam West and actually having his Bruce Wayne. That was his hero is Simon Trent, the Grey Ghost. So uh, I think it's one of the most touching things um, that you can watch as far as uh, a nice tribute to Adam. That, so. That's actually what Kevin Conroy tweeted out. Um, he tweeted a picture of Batman standing next to Grey Ghost. Um, and his his tweet just said, goodbye, my friend. And that was his kind of homage to to Adam West. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, ending on a down note again, but no. Well, I, I <laughs> so, want to, no, I want to, this is a celebration. I want to read one. I want to read one more um, that sure, I just absolutely. found as we were talking. Um, this one's actually from Seth MacFarlane. If you don't know, is the creator of Family Guy. Cause we were talking about how Adam West is the mayor of, of Quahog in the show. Um, <clears throat> and I want to read this and this will be the last tribute that I, you can find a bunch of them online, but I just, I really like this one and I wanted to read it. Uh, Family Guy has lost its mayor and I have lost a friend. Adam West was a joy to work with and the kind of guy you always wanted to be around. His positivity, good nature, and sense of fun were undeniable and it was always a big jolt of the best kind of energy when he walked in to record the show. He knew comedy and he knew humanity. I'm beyond fortunate to have had the privilege of working with him and he will be profoundly missed by all of us. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for all that you gave, for all that you have given Mr. Mayor, you're irreplaceable. Mm-hmm. And that was from Seth MacFarlane, creator of Family Guy. Uh, I have actually one uh, a little addendum to it, to one, the one I stated. I said uh, episode 32. That is actually the what they titled the episode as far as number. It's actually not the airing episode. So it's season one, episode 18. Gotcha. So, um, so yeah. So cheap plugs. And then we will uh, we'll get out of here. So mm-hmm. uh, I can be found on my other podcast, which is the Showcast Spotlight, here on the Next Level Podcast Network, uh, nextlevelradioonline.com, which is where you can find this podcast as well as others, uh, including the Showcast Spotlight. Next le- uh, Facebook.com slash nextlevelradioonline is the Facebook page for the Next Level Network Podcast Network as a whole, in which we have, I think, two new podcasts coming your way, uh, probably by the end of the summer, so look, with something to look forward to. I think one of them is actually a Star Wars podcast. Really? That's going to be coming on board. Yeah. And they're, uh, and they're, they're kind of like you guys with Caffeine Crew where you guys had a back library. They've been doing this for a while too. And they're, they're kind of looking to join an expanding network to get some more exposure for them. And, uh, we're happy to bring them on board. So, uh, we're in talks with those guys right now. And, um, yeah. Uh, and then of course the Facebook page for this podcast, which is facebook.com slash DC primetime. Very awesome. Uh, for me, obviously you can check out Caffeine Crew cast of pods. Over also at nextlevelradioonline.com. Uh, we are still trying to figure out the next episode. Uh, we've got a lot that we're trying to figure out. We're already starting to plan for later in the year, but right now we, we're trying to figure out what's coming in like a week or two. Groovy, um, the works of Bruce Campbell. Oh, God. That would, yeah, that would just be you and me. <laughs> it would be. Pretty <laughs> get much. Man- style Maddox in and we'll be like, okay, let's just, you know, man with <laughs> screaming brain. Uh, <laughs> my, na- my name is Bruce. Bruce. Yeah, seriously. Uh, we could just go on forever. Bubba Hotep. Oh, God, I haven't watched it forever. I love Bubba Hotep. Anyway, oh, so anyway. Okay, anyway. <laughs> uh, actually, you know, I gotta I give you a special thank you because, uh, where we watch a lot of our stuff. Man, I love you, dude. What did I, what did I Jack add? Of all trades. Yes. And good old Briscoe County Jr. Yep. <laughs> so. I had that. I, I own them on DVD. And when I knew I'm getting ready, I'm gonna be moving possibly in the next couple months. And, I'm in the process of converting all my Blu-rays and DVDs to, to digital. And when I came across my, my blue, my DVDs of Briscoe County Jr. and, uh, Jack of All Trades, I was like, I, I know there are other people that have access to my server that will love watching these. So 
I, without a doubt, have to add them. And I did. So thank you for acknowledging that I did. <laughs> and Mike, it's like you did this just for me. Um. <laughs> I also, if you haven't seen it too, I also added the entire four seasons of the original Transformers. I cartoon. did. There you go. I did. So, all right, anyway, um, so yeah, like I said, you can always find me over there, but always, and most importantly, you can always find me and Ben together over at facebook.com slash DC primetime. Don't forget about that contest. Tell us your idea for an episode, either that or why you would like to host an episode with us as your co-hosts. So, uh, we're going to run that till next week. If, uh, numbers are down, maybe we'll extend that out a little bit because we have a lot planned for the next few weeks. So maybe we can let that go on for a little bit longer. I'm sure that wouldn't be a problem for me and Ben. Nope. Um, but. Uh, as always, if you want to hit me up though through about Caffeine Crew, just uh, hit me up at, I think it's just thecaffeinecrew at gmail.com. And always a special thanks to our good friend George Shaw. At, you can find his music over at georgeshawmusic.com. Uh, next week, though, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, we'll be talking about the annual, so no George Shaw music. We'll actually have something else fun for you guys to hear in the beginning if you remember our annuals from last year. So. Yep. Uh, yeah, so next week, our first annual out of uh, the four and a half <laughs> that we're going to be doing. Uh, I say half because it's the back, the back half of uh, of Gotham. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's going to be fun. So we, I'm, I'm looking forward to going back and rewatching some of, if not all, of the episodes Legends between now and I don't know if I'll be able to watch them all, but um, I'll definitely be watching a bunch of them between now and, and next week. So, uh, but yeah, but, uh, as always, <clears throat> we, we thank you for being a part of the community. We thank you for listening. Thank you for posting, commenting, messaging more and more people every week, uh, which we love. Um, so just thank you so much for being a part of this. Be sure to comment, message, like, share everything you can. Uh, cause the more people that we have, the more we love doing it. <clears throat> Absolutely. So, uh, but with that being said, we're going to get out of here. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll see you guys uh, for Legends of Tomorrow Annual next week, and we'll see you around the bend. Take care. Atomic batteries to power, turbines to speed. Peace.